Hello, ho, 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 and welcome to the Cinemondo podcast with Kathy, Mark, and Burke talking about movies, horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, holiday, films, underappreciated, <laughs> always interesting. Can you guess what we're going to talk about on this episode? Halloween. <laughs> oh, wait. Good no. guess. Arbor, Wrong holiday. Arbor Day. <laughs> we're going to talk about Arbor Day movies. <laughs> Our favorite it's Arbor Day movies. It's a long lost genre. <laughs> I know. I have so many. It's hard to, hard to really narrow it down. Now, we're going to. I don't even know what Arbor Day is. <laughs> we're going to talk about holiday movies. Oh, Merry happy, Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holiday movies. Happy For some Hanukkah. reason, there are holiday Holmes. horror films. You know, there's like Christian, I mean, <laughs> Christmas <laughs> horror films, a lot of Christian <laughs> horror films, but there's um, a lot of uh, Christ- Christmas-themed horror films. For some reason, why do you why do you think? Well, that I is? remember, well, like um, Sis- I used to watch, you know, sneak previews with Siskel and Ebert, and they hated anything that was like Santa was a bad guy, right? You know, like huh. Silent Night, Deadly Night, they just thought it was just the worst piece of junk. It wasn't we'll, just because it was the worst piece of junk. Right. Probably, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, they they might have liked Black Christmas, but they just didn't like anybody fooling around with. Don't mess with Santa. Because kids might watch it and be traumatized. It's just like, yeah, you're taking this this joyous, you know, um, whether it's Santa Claus or this joyous time of year and, and, and turning it on its ear. How right. dare you? You know, it's strange. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, don't let little kids watch them. You know, don't let wa- little kids watch any horror films. A lot of parents don't, but there are so many Christmas films that, yeah, I mean, if a little kid watched it to be traumatized, you know, they go see Santa and then and then you go see Santa in the department store and you're thinking, where's the knife, you know? <laughs> well, they were scared of him anyway. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's already yeah. scary. Look yeah. at all the photographs online of kids screaming and shrieking in I never Santa's liked lap. The Santa lap thing was creepy. Though. Yeah, me neither. Well, that's what that, uh, you know, from uh, A Christmas Story, there's that yeah. scene that's where right. he sits down and the whole thing is horrifying. <laughs> the way it's shot. And it's, it's, you know, everybody can relate to that. It's yeah, one of those things that parents or some parents, I don't think my parents ever did it, but I've seen parents do it. They think that kids want to do that or they pretend or they wish that kids wanted to do it. And the kids are like, I don't want to. And the parents are like, oh, it's Santa. Go sit in his lap. Go over there and sit in that strange old man's lap. <laughs> they go, all want that picture. We right. did that once, and we, we we didn't do it again. Oh, yeah. it was you really your like, lesson. Oh my god! I said I, I I knew this wasn't right, but I said oh, I'll give it a shot. But uh, <laughs> but is that point? Everybody wants that photo of their child crying in Santa's lap. Goes, ah. or, it's, it's a thing, I guess. <laughs> I think it's a, a sweet memory of childhood kind of thing. They want this. They want to create this memory of the kid. Oh. You know, happy. Look at him with Santa. How sweet! And and yet, it is sometimes terrifying to kids. The idea, like, who, who, I, I don't know who that guy is. Is that really Santa? If that's Santa, how come the one we just saw in Sears is also Santa? And because the, he's magic. And the guy ringing the bell out on the street next to that, you know, Salvation Army thing, he's also Santa. Or how does it work? You know, I don't think I ever thought about that critically. Oh, I did. <laughs> I was more confused about Noah's Ark than I was about the multiple Santas of the oh, world. Yeah. Well, that was an even bigger confusion. And that made no sense to me. Similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's true. But you know what used to weird me out? I don't know if it scared me, but it was weird to me, was that around Christmas time, things on television changed. When I was a little kid, suddenly there would be things on television that were only there for Christmas, like certain kinds of commercials and things. Yeah. And I always remember this 
the, you know, the Christmas themed commercials. And I remember the one for Norelco. Oh, remember? Sure. Oh, <laughs> Noelco. Yeah. You know. Noelco. With a little and snowman riding yeah. through the snow. It was snow Santa on. riding on an electric razor. Through the oh, I through thought the it was snow. the snowman. Was it Santa? No, it was Santa. It was okay. like claymation or, okay. or something Stop like motion. That. It was like motion. really George Powell puppetoon style. Yeah. It was really beautifully done. But there was something about it, it. Something about the look of stop motion animation made me think of Jason and the Argonauts and things like that. And it, for some reason, it had this magical kind of a weird fantasy feel to me. And, you know, I had seen, I had seen Jason and the Argonauts and really loved it, but I was scared to death of the, you know, the, the sword fighting skeletons. skeletons and the, the dragon and all these things, the giant statue that comes to life. And then here's Santa who appears to be the same from the same world, you know, <laughs> riding around on an electric razor. That, that, well, that's actually probably on. So the blades yeah. could actually cut you up. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like a giant lawnmower, but for and, snow. And why is he riding on an electric razor? Is he really that tiny? Is Santa really that small? And you know, or is the razor that big? I don't know. Which is my scarier. little brain used to want to explode back then around Christmas time. <laughs> of course, all the you know, all, all the Christmas specials that were just it was just always loved of, Rudolph though. Rudolph and the Rudolph. Peanuts ones, and because I felt like a misfit. You know, yeah, and then yeah, that was a that's a classic. It's a great one, yeah. and of course Frosty the Snowman, and on and mm. on. Frosty felt like a knockoff of Rudolph was wasn't as good. I agree, <laughs> and uh, Peanuts one was always uh, brought to you by yeah, uh, Peanuts, Peter yeah. Paul Candy and, Do- and Dolly Madison Cakes yeah. and Coca Cola, <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> lots of sugar, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Campbell's Soup. That was I think Disney was Campbell's Soup, right? Oh, was it? But um, okay, we just sounded old. Age. Back in the olden days, <laughs> old old, we used to watch television on a gramophone. <laughs> but also, you know, a lot of movies are released around Christmas. You know, yes. like big movies like Scream was released on Christmas Day. I saw that Christmas Day, like ninety ninety six or whenever that came out. It was uh, a Christmas Day Scream? release. Yeah, the first one was that Christmas that came out. It wasn't Halloween. Wow, I'm ninety nine percent sure. I love it was that counter programming sometimes. Right, in horror like yeah, that. I'm pretty sure it was Christmas Day. Well, it's a holiday movie, you know, and yeah. horror movies do really well at the box office, and people have time off during the holidays. That's true. But I think talking about some of our famous Christmas-themed horror or action movies yeah. would be apropos. Yeah. It is the holidays, after all. Because cool. during that time of, of year, I always remember it was a, when I was a kid, there were things... It, it every TV series had the Christmas episode. There was mm-hmm. like the Christmas episode mm-hmm. of the Munsters. They still the, do that. Yeah, like a, the holiday thing. But the idea that horror films somehow that there's some way to cross genre, you know, a holiday film with a horror film that's interesting to me. It's I remember there was this cartoonist Roz Chast. I think she still writes for does cartoons for the New Yorker, and she did one cartoon a long time ago that I thought was hilarious and it was like movie genres like mixed movie genres like sports horror <laughs> and she had this picture of guys in baseball uniforms that looked like zombies you know yeah. the cartoon was funny back then but it now when you look at it it's like oh we do have things like that yeah well <laughs> across it's weird all now, these genres when you because of like streaming and you can binge watch it's funny to watch a series and you're watching the series all of a sudden it's christmas on the series and this you can be watching in the middle of summer and you're like what it's disorienting yeah <laughs> i can't i can't episode? i really can't watch christmas episodes of series i just right. they just kind of bother me because they always seem a little contrived too 
Yeah, yeah. and it just seems off theme. It, it, the the not not only the theme, but just the the, the tone of the show is yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. The Christmas thing. They're trying. To, everybody's trying to be sort of warm, even if it's you know a detective show or something. It just the only one off. that pulled it off was The Office because they still kept that kind of snarkiness. But a lot of times, yeah, you take like a show that normally is you know. It's got the kind of insider humor, or it's like a little, you know, more upscale. And then Christmas, all of a sudden, they kind of plummet to this, like, yeah. just treacly, super sweet, like, oh, it's Christmas, we're going to be different. No. Yeah, no. how's Steve McGarrett, you know, who's always like <laughs> in the front of a boat in Hawaii 5 0, suddenly, right. uh, you know, yeah. Dono, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Malik- <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> Here's a bottle of Kahlua. <laughs> it's but, a Hawaiian know. Christmas. <laughs> Well, you get my drift. It was always yeah. like, I can't watch it. I just, it, it bothered me. You know? Yeah. So. Well, there's the, and they all do it too. And the shows were always about, you know, how, how good it is to be nice and accepting and giving gifts and generous and all that. And as a kid, you know, it was like, I don't want to see the, I don't want to see that. <laughs> you know, it makes sense to me though, because to me, even as a kid, I thought it was weird that a guy was kind of breaking into your house, <laughs> yeah. even though he's going to give us presents. It was creepy to me that there was a way into your house, like through the chimney that they could just come in. Like, I don't know. It was always a little scary. Like I would sort of hear noises at night. Like, Oh, is it here? Who is it? I'm thinking <laughs> this would be the perfect time for like a criminal to get in your house. Cause Oh, it's just Santa or some supernatural being, which yeah. Santa Claus apparently was which is also creepy well i grew up in florida and nobody has fireplaces and nobody Mm. has chimneys and i I remember thinking what is a chimney you know and Mm. when santa comes down that chimney it's like we don't have one so how would he get into our house and how does he get into houses that they lock their doors at night i mean how does he get in yeah i was always afraid i was gonna get skipped because we were living in an apartment without a fireplace like how's santa gonna get me presents yeah all the kids who lived in apartments are thinking Wait a minute. There's and, that weird soft, There's a weird underbelly to Christmas. I don't mean yeah. totally by humbug, yeah. but you know it was sort of <laughs> like that. And then for me, it was waking up and opening up the presents. Yeah. And of course, you get up early and do it. Yeah. And right. By eight fifteen, you're like, no, now what I'm going to do? Then it's kind of sad. <laughs> then you're all like the rest of the day yeah. on TV, going, uh, the Pope is on. <laughs> right. Like, you know these. You know, there's just movies or things that's just nothing good. Some it was kind just, of parade or something. And... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Football games. Yeah, <laughs> sounds of fun. other kids outside playing with their radio controlled stuff and happy holidays everybody yeah. <laughs> it was always just like a this, bunch of noise this weird misfire presence that you would get sometimes so you think well, santa what up man <laughs> give me your big biggest uh, uh, christmas disappointment see, christmas here, morning disappointment <laughs> if my mom hears that she'd be like i hate this story oh, okay. but you don't I, to no tell. i'm gonna tell it <laughs> no um you know i have a sister we're very close in age um, so I remember one year my sister got a camera and I was like, God, that's great. Like I couldn't wait to open my present. I got a travel iron. <laughs> How is that the same in any way? And what are you trying? I was like, Hmm. So wow. ever since then, I've been a little scarred by Christmas because of that. So I'm always a little wow. bit afraid to open presents. <laughs> when I was young, we, you know, of course you anticipate Christmas morning and you come yeah. down and there's the, pa- you know, there's all these beautiful packages under the tree, the lights and. He came down and the Christmas tree was gone. Oh, what? Oh my God. <laughs> what happened was Surprise. evidently it was a diseased tree, and the night before, my dad saw that there were fleas oh, or man. some kind of. It was just infested with stuff, and then he had to get it out of there. And all, oh, instead, no. of, instead of presents, there was no tree and just a bunch of dead little bugs. Oh, oh. that's horrifying! <laughs> it was really. 
Oh, it how was disappointing. Like, it was so crazy. That happened <laughs> I'd love to see your face. You walk uh, down and go, huh? Because yeah. my dad would have this uh, Super 8 camera, and we have you know, years and years of these uh, of us walking down the stairs, me and my two sisters. And but he had the, these four huge lights, right? And they were blinding yeah. lights. I mean, intense, you know, a thousand can- candle power, right. whatever. And you'd be walking down like this. And we walk down, and there's no, there's no Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. You know. Was there a so, pile of presents with the dead fleas? There were pi- presents over, but you know, all the presents like had it. to be burned. <laughs> And the kids had to do it. <laughs> and they were all different kinds of travel irons. <laughs> it's like getting coal in your stocking. And there was the airing of grievances. You know, was the... That's all the new fest- All of Festivus. This... The Festivus pole. The ritual. <laughs> the ritual. Like, this is what I don't like. Uh, anyway, so. But. I think that's why I was always drawn to Christmas horror. I always love it when they get it right. What's your favorite one? Well, I think my favorite is the classic Black Christmas, but um, I think we can all talk about that one. But I think my there's a current one I think could be a new classic, hmm. and it's called Better Watch Out. It's on Netflix. It came out last year, I think. But it's actually a really smart little fun commercial, you know, very darker than it seems it's going to be, about a babysitter who's babysitting this kid on Christmas. And um, I think the parents, uh-oh, maybe it wasn't on Christmas. Ah, I think anyway, it was on Christmas. It wasn't it? Christmas because it's called Better Watch Out, right? Yeah, that makes sense. But it's almost one of those movies I don't want to give too much away, but basically there's uh, the hot babysitter who's taking care of the 12-year-old. He has a huge crush on her, so he's trying to seduce her, which is <laughs> painful. <laughs> so while that's happening, there's some weird stuff happening outside. Like they're hearing weird noises, like what's going on. feels like someone's trying to get in the house, but it's mm-hmm. kind of a fake out that it's just his buddy coming in. Mm-hmm. And then... There, you find out that the buddy's kind of this bad influence, and it just kind of starts degenerating from there. Um, but the actor, the the actor who plays the twelve year old, he is amazing. Wow! And this is on Netflix. You said it's on Netflix. Better and, watch um, out. It came out last year. See, it's amazing. There's so many films that just sort of you just miss. Like I, I would n- never have missed that, but now because I'm you know. So Levi Miller is the kid who plays the twelve year old. Okay. And he just, he can, he's such a cute little kid that you're, I mean, not little, little, 12 years old, but he's so angelic. He's got the perfect face. He's super preppy. He does some amazing acting in this. Like they're obsessed with Home Alone. So there's this sort of fun. another Christmas movie. That's right. Playing pranks, like the Home Alone pranks. But imagine if some of those pranks are played for real, how bad they would be. Oh, yeah. I always think that. So it kind of goes that way. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's not funny when, you know, some of that stuff happens. (laughs) So it's actually definitely worth seeing. It it gets pretty dark. (laughs) Better watch It's funny until somebody gets hurt. And it's a bunch of new people. Like the director doesn't have a huge pedigree. It's like all the actors are pretty new. You know, it's just, it's really fresh. I think, um, I think the lead actress is Australian, but it's actually really fun and they're perfectly cast. So if anyone's looking for a new Christmas movie, that's horror, which I always like to kind of do that counter programming on Christmas is to watch the Christmas horror movie. That's a great one to start with. I'm going to do that. Yeah. It's really good. It sounds really good. I mean, you mentioned Black Christmas, which is, you know. Kind of the mm. considered the very first slasher film. I think that's sort of a gold standard. Directed by Bob Clark, who directed A Christmas Story nine and years later or eight years later, which is crazy. Porkies. And Porky. Which is weird. <laughs> and murdered by decree. I mean, he talk about um, weird career. A career that's all over the place. Yeah. But that's a great movie. Which Black I Christmas, haven't seen in a long, long time. I remember so. seeing that and 
it kind of blew my mind because they hadn't done a lot of movies like that at the time. Slasher movies were new. Like you're saying, it was one of the first slasher movies. Like they kind of invented it before Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and so John Carpenter owes a debt to Black Christmas in a way. But it was five those, years before Halloween. Those phone calls, you know, they're, what's what the basic plot is sorority, you know, it's, it's Christmas time. It's centered in a sorority house. Most people go home for the holidays, but there's a few people left for a few more days there. So the house has like like three or four or five women in the house, um, and they're being like basically stalked. So he's making these phone calls to them that are the freakiest. I mean, they're still weird. It makes like um, what was the Carol Carol Kane movie? When a stranger calls. When a stranger calls, which was also influenced by that movie, it makes that seem super tame. Like yeah. those calls, like he would put on all these voices and act these really creepy scenarios on the phone, and right. people are listening to him, going, "What is happening?" And it's so kind of cool because you know, since then, it's been done a million times, mm-hmm. and it was done probably before then too. But you know, to yeah. to, to that degree. And great cast. I mean, John Saxon, of course, he's always great. Plays the cop and Margot Kidder, Margot Kidder, and Andrea Martin. Yeah, all these young people. Yeah, it's a Canadian film. So those oh, are yeah. Canadian right. actors. Yeah, but really well done and very, you know, very um, lean. You know, it's all shot in one place. Right. And, yeah, it's really. It's, I, I got to watch that again. It's been a long, long time. Watch it on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's a good yeah. Christmas movie. It's a good Christmas movie. It really is. Black Christmas. What do you have as one of your favorites, Burke? Me, you know what? I'm going to be really weird. I know Mark is going to take uh, and talk about Die Hard a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> yes, Spoiling. that's the yeah, one. No. That's the one I pick. Okay, yeah. Mark wanted. prep. Mark wanted to talk about Die Hard, but I'm going to go ahead and no, no, go for it. Go. You no, I'm it. not. I'm bringing up It's a Wonderful Life, which is really horrific. That's a, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> it is kind of horrifying. Jeez, it scares me. It gets no. scarier the more you see it. The older you get, the scarier that movie gets. I'm going to go with the uh, episode of the Dick Van Dyke show called The Unny Uffets <laughs> as, my, as one of my favorite Christmas-themed um, shows. Is and that I'm, real? I'm going to put it in with the category of scary because when I saw it when I was a kid, it scared me. It was scary. Um, Mark, do you remember the Dick Van Dyke show? <laughs> oh, well, I mean... I, I do not. It's so way too young It's for one that. of my very favorite shows. <laughs> me I can too. always watch it. It still seems fresh. In many yeah. ways. I can think of the one that scared me was the Twilight Zone episode. The Walnuts. The yeah. Walnuts, which is oh, the takeoff. Yeah. Of, and it's, it, do you remember that one? Yeah. And it's like, there's the scene at the end, you know, the Twilightites have, um, have, uh, you know, eyes in the back of their heads. Oh, yeah. so, so he comes, so Dick comes home and like Laura, Laura comes out of the closet. It's full of walnuts. Right. And she's she being all, co- all coquettish. Yeah. And then she <laughs> has her back towards Dick and uh, he's like doing something. And um, oh, but she, he's pointing, and she he, she goes, um, "Don't you know, uh, hubby, that it's uh, you know it's uh, impolite to point?" Yeah. And she, he goes, "How do you see me?" And she goes like this with her, you know, she pulls her back of her head. Out, yeah. Her out, and he goes, "Oh, you know, she goes, I see you." <laughs> that creeped me out. And he lost his thumbs. He's right. turning oh. into a Twilight. And then when he accepts the dream, he he kisses his thumbs. Oh my thumbs! Yeah. Back. My thumbs. <laughs> and Danny Thomas is in it for some weird reason too. He, <laughs> He's Kolak. He's yeah, the leader he's of the Kolaks. Kolaks. My yeah. God, how do you guys remember these details? My God. That show is <laughs> amazing. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> wow. But there was the one episode, it was a Christmas themed, I think Christmas themed, wasn't it? it because Unny yes. Uffets, he, uh, Rob is working late at the office and he sees a UFO. And the UFO, the thing that was scary to me as a kid is that the UFO is speaking, it's talking, has a voice, and it says, Unny Uffets. Yeah. Honey, if it's in this really weird, creepy way, and it repeats it, and 
and he's trying to tell people and nobody will believe him. And it turns out that it's a, I mean, spoiler for, <laughs> for, for sure. Right sure that's 55 years old. <laughs> it turns out that there's a toy manufacturer in the same building and he had created this flying toy and it was supposed to say Merry Christmas. But for some reason it got, I don't know how that works, but some, something got mixed up in the, Recording and it said "Honey Uffets" instead of "Merry Crif- <laughs> Merry Christmas." That's oh so God. funny. That, most shows when they did Christmas episodes, they were really you know dorky and all. But this that's a good that's a good example a smart of a show Christmas episode and contemporary. <laughs> and, and Dick Van Dyke still going strong. Like he yeah. was uh, at the uh, um, a recent um, Mary Poppins. They remade Mary Poppins, and he was at the uh, world premiere, and he was like dancing around and yeah. And he has a bit in the in the movie. And uh, anyway. Well. Yeah, 92 years old. Anyway. That's, that's my pick. <laughs> <laughs> wow, going deep diving on that. Deep cuts. And you can see the Dick Van Dyke show on things like Netflix and Hulu, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. It's it's available for free. Yeah. yeah. You don't yeah, even have to pay for it. <laughs> it's probably on some regular television channel right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. it's amazing how there's stuff that's you, you you have to pay for now, which was free forever, right? You know, like on TV, yeah. You know, remember when TV was free? I do. You just turn it on. Three channels, though. No money. Yeah, three channels and a lot like limited. A lot of Dr. Gene Scott didn't cost me a penny. <laughs> and you had to when you wanted to watch something, you had to wait until a certain time to watch it. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You had to be there. Yeah, no and if you viewing. weren't, if you missed it, this is going way back. But if you missed it, you missed it. But you missed it. It was a sign. It was you had to be home, you know. Yeah. Seven o'clock for hee haw. Oh, yeah. so much nostalgia. <laughs> Our Christmas episode. Well, Die yeah. Hard for me. Die Hard is great. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's just uh, to me, it still holds up. Yeah. Like in the late eighties. Yep. yep. And um, Bruce Willis is just super likable in it. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, it's his best movie. And it he's really a definitive is. Bruce Bruce yeah, Willis. Movie. He's being Bruce Willis. Yeah. And it's better than any of the other diehards. They're they're oh. still fun movies, but this is by far the best. The yeah. second one I remember seeing, and it, of course the the, the 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 major problem in the second movie is supposed to take place at Dulles Airport in Washington, and he makes a phone call on a Pac Bell phone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how does that get you know in a it's multi-million a classic dollar? Gaff. Yeah. yeah. But the first one's great, it's just tight. It, it's a great setup. It's a Christmas night, Christmas party in a in a skyscraper. Everybody gone home. Bruce Willis is his absolute snarky best too. He's, he's so a funny in cop. it. So much fun. Yeah, he goes he's he's in that, you know, <laughs> he's in that little whatever, the air duct. Yes. Come out to the coast, have a couple of beers. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> have you seen the Christmas decorations that people are making? No. There's a um a Christmas ornament that you can hang in your tree that's um it's like a little box and then you can put like a metallic on the inside, and then there's Bruce Willis in there. Oh, that's hilarious. Like he's crawling through an air duct. <laughs> okay, okay awesome. I'm going to have to find that and buy it immediately. Absolutely. It's pretty great. That's really good. And it's kind of insider. A lot of people look at it and go, why is Bruce Willis in a box on your Christmas tree? It's like, I can't I imagine that. there's anyone out there who has not seen that movie. I mean, great. everyone's seen it, right? You've all seen it. Right. <laughs> Alan Rickman is a great bad guy. Oh, yeah. Great Shit. bad guy. Yeah. Um, so many great little, you know, extra characters too. The the other bad guys are, you know, they're hilarious. They're so, you know, like these 
these so smart, like almost like models. They're yeah. but they're creepy in the are fact they, that they, they like, look like models. Are they German or Swedish or like because they're all these tall, strapping. Yeah, they're you know, kind of Euro. Yeah, you know, yeah. Euro so guys. Bad. You know, you want to see those guys like flipping down. their blonde hair out of their eyes <laughs> while they're holding machine guns. And... Yeah, that actor I forgot his name, but he was in a lot of movies back then. Like, yeah, you know, maybe Alexander Goodenough. I want to say that, but that might not be. <laughs> How the hell did you bring the fine? <laughs> but he, he passed away years ago. But that oh. but he would, had that long hair and. Um, mm. He had a big fight with Bruce Willis. So I think that's yeah. one where he wraps the uh, like some sort of chain around his neck. Oh, and, yeah. right. Oh, doing yeah. all that kind of stuff. I like it, too, because it's one of those movies. I like it when they're really, really tight. Like, it took place in that one building. It's a contained And building. all the yes. cops are there. Like, there's not a lot of, you know, cutting back and forth to different places. Like, it's all right there in the building. It's, I love movies like that, that they yeah. can make that so like, it's the, it's exciting. The, it's the opposite of, like, you know, the the Mission Impossible films. Yes. Which, I have, which, which takes place, place in a million different... There's no real sense. Right. I mean, there's certain... Obviously, there's certain scenes that work, but it's just all over the place. It's too much. I, I lose interest in it. But Who directed Die Hard? Uh, John McTiernan. Okay. Who right. did. He did um, a lot of that stuff. He did Predator. The yeah. First, yeah which is a really good another good one, yeah. too. You know, so. Um, I wish he'd done the Meg. <laughs> I don't even know if he's still. I mean, if he's still directing. I don't, I don't know what he's done late, uh, recently. I think he might. I want to say he did V for Vendetta, but I don't think he did. Yeah. Um, you know what, Die Hard. I've always thought Die Hard. I, I, I knew some. I have some friends who had worked on that film, and we always talked about it. And talked about how it was created and how it was put together. And it was, it's really one of those films that you can just sort of study the way it's constructed mm-hmm. yeah. and the, the types of characters. It's, it's got a lot of archetypes, you know, it's got a lot of elements in it that you, that are not just random elements. They're there for a reason. Like the, you have all the people who are trapped inside the building and then you have the one guy who's outside the building, Argyle, the limo driver. Yes. Who's out there. And, you sort of see some of the story happening from his perspective when he starts noticing something weird is going on. And he's kind of one that, that helps save the day, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but he realized, and he's also in communication with Bruce Willis. So it's got that element of, of somebody you're, you're, you're talking to somebody who's going through this nightmare, but you can't do anything to help them, you know? And the cop, too. There's yeah. also the cop that he's yes. talking to. So there's yeah. all those peripheral characters, but they really can't help. And they when, it, when they try to help, like with the helicopter, the helicopter right. explodes or whatever, you know? So it's really up it's to all him. up to Ju- uh, Bruce Willis. All yeah. up to Barefoot Bruce. And, he, all he, and he's basically saying, look, stay out of this. I can take care of this. I can yeah, do quit it. Quit messing I can this handle up for this. me. Yeah, yeah. The hostages are, you know, they're having their Christmas party and there's yeah. stuff going on under the surface there. There's just so much going on in this movie. And it, mm-hmm. and yet it never seems like it's full. It seems like one of those streamlined action films where, you know, everything happens for a reason. And there's so many great little moments in it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's glossy and entertaining, but not like too cartoony or anything. Even though it's got a lot of like, you know... Things that seem cliche now, like the, the yippie kaye and the whole thing, you know, with him and his bare feet and the, the thing. But it's like that stuff is really well played. It doesn't seem corny at all. I saw it at a preview before it opened in Atlanta wow. back in '88, <laughs> and I, I just didn't know what it was going to be. It was like Bruce Willis's first sort of, you know, right. foray from moonlighting. I said, "What is this going to be like?" It's named after just, a battery. Yeah. <laughs> And what I remember, I, I said I, when I said this is a really special movie, was an out the character Alan Rickman's character, who is I think he's English in this, or maybe German or something. I can't mm-hmm. remember, but he's foreign, right? <laughs> he's just sorry. Foreign but, but then, like you know, Bruce Willis sees him, and 
Alan Rickman makes believe he's one of the office people. Right. Yes. It's not an American yes. accent. Yeah. Like, I'm Bill Klein or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. That's really smart. <laughs> and he sort of, he hoodwinked Willis, you know, yeah. like um, John McClane. That yeah. was really good. Yeah, John McClane. That's right. So um, anyway, it's just a movie that I can, it's one of those I can sit down. Oh, it's on? Okay. Yeah, I'll I can watch, watch it again too. Easily watch, rewatchable, definitely. There's nothing wasted in that film. There's no boring parts. You know, <laughs> right? It's all there for a reason. You know, he he comes off of LAX, and uh, you know he's just looking for. And there's like a girl in a tight outfit who jumps, uh, you know, on his her, her boyfriend, and he goes California. Yeah, <laughs> California. That always happens here. <laughs> yeah. Women, goes, these women jumping on people. And he goes like, "We're going to go to Ramona," and his wife, ex-wife goes, "Pomona." Yeah, <laughs> not Ramona. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so you know, anyway. another fun, glossy Christmas movie is Gremlins. You guys remember Gremlins? Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. it's so good. I think one of the reasons I think I love that movie is it kind of draws you in this cuteness. Yeah. Because you, he gets a little mogwai. Like the character gets that little gremlin. What's Giz- a mogwai? Gizmo, right? A little fuzzy. Yeah, gizmo. And it's so cute. You just want one. You're like, I want gizmo. He's all like bright light. You know, he's like so cute. And then I love how they turn that inside out. And that's like classic Joe Dante, like where he has these just super glossy, accessible, almost funny kind of films that end up, you know, turning into a nightmare. And you can totally see like Steven Spielberg produced it. Christopher Columbus wrote, wrote it. Is it Christopher Columbus? Yeah. Um, Joe Dante directed it. It's like, it's this perfect trifecta of super commercial good times. Yeah. And then I love that they take this cute little mogwai and he turns into like still a cute gremlin. I have to say they're still cute, but still when they, you know, when they spill water on him yes. and that, 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 the puppetry of him, like so you know, good. the bubbling of the back oh, and all that, that and so the scary. face. Yeah. So, and he just seems so like, like tormented by it. It was like, Oh, but all of the little gremlins are adorable even when they're gremlins. But that's a fun one, even though I think they get in trouble because it's pretty violent, like kind of shockingly violent for the genre. I mean, yeah, it was. You don't edgy. expect it to do that, so I think a lot of parents got upset because it sold as kind of this cute thing, cute Christmas movie. And you think it's going to be, stuff in yeah. It. So apparently, that and um, uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom sort of instigated the the MPAA PG thirteen. So those are both PG thirteen so, yeah. PG movies when they came out, right? Yeah, okay. So I think kids got hoodwinked into seeing these scary movies. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. that's another really, you know, it kind of reminds me of the like kind of Fright Night of Christmas. Yes. Where it's kind of funny, glossy, you know, mostly kind of tongue in cheek, but also has, you know, kind of disturbing stuff in it. Yeah. And it's, it the, the other thing you have to, we have to remember about this film is it was before a computer, gra- I mean, there's, there's. It's practical. It's, there's so much practical. There's, mm-hmm. there's like, I think one or two shots in there where the gremlins are done by stop motion animation right. when there's when a whole walking, crowd of walking them. down the street. Yeah. 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 I remember that. But I think, I think it was Chris Wallace who did the special effects of all, you know, I'm sure he had a crew, but yeah, I think he did. And when you watch that movie now, there's so many shots. There's so many, and special effect shots like that are usually um, planned and scheduled by how many shots, like how many, how many effect shots can we budget into this film? Right. Like 20 effect shots or this one has what appears to be a billion effect (laughs) shots in it. There's like hundreds. It seems like and, and the gremlins, these are, you know, these animatronic gremlins that were operated off camera by people with these devices that were making the arms move, the hands, the eyes, the mouths, the ears, everything was controlled off camera by these puppeteers that were operating them. 
and they had to do they had to pick things up and throw things and climb and make expressions and spit things out and do and you know you have a whole room full of these little monsters doing these things it's a pretty amazing accomplishment for practical creature effects i think that's something that really stands out about that movie feels like almost like kind of a lost art too i think like, i yeah, like seeing is. that in me movies. too and i think that time period i think of john carpenter's the thing mm-hmm. Gremlins. there's yeah. there's where there's the practical effects are just yeah. like they're really taken to another level yeah. and there's a lot of budget behind them so you see a lot of it, and you know it's a real thing. Yeah, it's something that's really there. It's it's know? kind it's, of unfortunate when you, you know, you're talking about like that's taken to another level then, but I feel like people watch it now and they'll think, oh, this is so cheesy. But see, that's sort of its charm, right? Is that you have to just sort of give that. It's not supposed to be super realistic like CGI. We're a little spoiled by that, even though I find CGI a little cold for some reason, more convincing. But I think Gremlins of CGI would wouldn't be as as charming. Somehow, same like you know, I mean, it's, there's art there. There's I mean, there's art in all of it. Let's yeah, face it. Yes, there's there art is. in all. There's art in all of it. But there's a certain tactile art to Ray Harryhausen's yeah. monsters mm-hmm. that he has to move yeah. bit by bit. I mean, we know well, we all know that, and that's kind of yeah. it's sort of a, a it's sort of progression of that. Yeah. It's just I think different the CGI that we don't like is CGI that's obviously bad. You know, it's yeah. like the stuff that we don't even notice is is good. Right. And yeah, exactly. The stuff that really pulls us in and brings us into the story. But if, if you notice it and you go, Oh, that's CGI and it looks yeah. bad, then it fails. It, right. Just like bad practical effects. Right. Exactly. I agree. It's bad. Or, it's yeah. bad or it's, you know, it's good. Yeah. And if it serves a story, if it tells the story, use whatever tools you can, Absolutely. You know, whatever techniques and tools are available. And that's how I've, I've, but gremlins, you know, it's got Dick Miller in it. That's also always great. <laughs> well, he's in every Joe Dante thing. Yeah. Yes, or, he was the know. classic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also got Corey Feldman in it. It does? Yeah. Little little Corey when Feldman. When he was a little youngin? Wow, yeah. I didn't realize that. Little Corey Feldman. Hoyt Axton. Hoyt Axton plays it, you know, um, the country guy. Zach Galligan's mm-hmm. father in it. Yeah. He's the one who goes to Chinatown and buys the gremlin. Yeah. Oh, it's so gizmo. It's so <laughs> yeah. cute. It's so cute. And Joe Dante made some great films. Oh. I mean, we can talk about, yeah. uh, you know, The Howling and, yep. um, you know, great. all kinds of other stuff that he did. I liked his bit in uh, the Twilight Zone movie. Yeah, that was probably the best one. Yeah, I thought it was just great. Like, that was very yeah. Joe Dante when all it was. crazy things come out of the TV. <laughs> right. Very sort of he was always kind of leaning a little cartoony, which was Oh, fun. that was very loony, too. That yeah. was, for yeah. sure. <laughs> very but he always sort of had that sort of, yeah, very Tex Avery. That's a good good analogy. It's a good mix of like if if you saw that you would just be horrified even though it's a goofy looking thing that comes yeah. out of the TV you just it's freaky you know it has that look of um I mean it's it's the old school special effects where they you know practical effects combined with real people sitting there but it was done in a an exaggerated way and the with the colors and the style and the extremeness of them that it has a, it really does have a a surreal feel to it. Mm-hmm. Great. Almost like Roger Rabbit, you know. When you think yes. of Roger Rabbit is a, I think, pretty great movie. <laughs> yeah. If you watch it, you know, when I saw it when it came out, I remember it was it was like you know fun. It was fun and all, but now I watch it and I realize, gosh, this is not computer generated, right? First of all, and <laughs> this yeah. is all traditional. I think it was all pretty much traditional animation done yeah. the way that they did Mary Poppins right. stuff, and which was the point. Yeah. And that was Robert Zemeckis, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's got a new film out that is more? It's uh, it's all computer animated. Called what is Welcome it? to Marwen. 
We've seen that. Oh one yeah, with Steve that's Carell. right. Yeah, where's all these miniature? dolls? These miniature dolls. It's based that come on a real life. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a World War II thing or something. Yeah. Zemeckis so. has experimented with animation. I mean, he did that Beowulf thing, and and which, which I never watched. I tried you know, to watch it. It's you know the Uncanny Valley is I think well, that term was coined for his things like Polar Express. Polar Express. Yeah. It's when you try to do creatures and monsters and robots with computer generated, it it works because we don't know what those things really look like. <laughs> yeah. But when you do, try to do real people, it's really hard to do you know it's hard to get it right even now even when you see people like um peter cushing peter cushing in the star wars movie and you know uh, carrie fisher at the end of the one it's there's something off about it we can detect it with our with something in the back of our brain even though it looks like a photograph it looks like real footage and you can admire how well it's done but you still know it's done right but then with something like you know Gollum or Jar Jar Binks, it works because those aren't re- they they don't they're not supposed to read as real things. Or you not, know, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say you can. They're really pushing the limits of that. I think with video games. I think yeah. video games are almost ahead of the curve. I yeah. think when it comes to that, because um, I've you know been playing God of War and Red Dead Redemption Two, and the it used to be that you'd have the kind of cut scene where the stuff looked really realistic. And then when they go back to the game, you see the kind of more rudimentary characters you're playing. Lower poly count. Right. Mm -hmm. But in like Red Dead Redemption and God of War, they are exactly just as beautifully rendered as you're playing the character. Wow. And they are so realistic. I mean, it is incredible. Like you really feel like you're there. Like that's a person. They're just on the edge of getting that right. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird to me. And you never, you know, do that leap of going from, Oh, here's the, where they explain stuff to me to where I play my stupid character. It's the same. That's, yeah. Because, you, I mean, you know, the, the famous example is Jabba the Hutt. You know, mm. the oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The original one, you know, he's a real thing. And it, but it they looks redid re- that twice. Yeah. And it didn't improve it. Yeah. No. It's just I like, it just, it, it takes you right out of it. Like yeah. uh, one of my friends had a, like, had a five-year-old kid and, said that, and, and watched that. I go, that's not the real Jabba. Right. Not right. Jabba the Hutt. I go, yeah, I know. It's yeah. Like, there's something there. about it's the same like with Gremlins. There's something about the practical effect that is appropriate for some movies and also for the time frame to redo them in CGI. It, it sort of misses the point somehow. It doesn't have that sort of quality for some reason. Well, with polar with the Zemeckis things like Polar Express and Be, you know Beowulf. That I when I watched that one, I thought you know these are supposed to be real people. Um, and I, the only analogy I could think of was it was like they used audio animatronics inside actual human corpses. Mm, <laughs> right. The eyes are dead. They that's move good, like people. Yeah. They that's look a, that's like a people. very good um, but the, uh, but the, analogy. The faces look dead. The They're eyes zombies. look dead. There's nothing... Especially when you try to do like in Polar Express, it's Tom, you know what Tom Hanks looks like. Yeah. yeah. That's Tom true. Tom Hanks is supposed to be the conductor. That's and that, that's, that's, that's not quite. That's Tom Hanks from the Bizarro World or something. It's or, like Tom yeah. Hanks is skinned <laughs> and his skin was put onto a, one of the presidents from Disneyland, you know. Oh, it's so just, bad. yeah. But isn't but Polar Express is a Christmas movie, right? It sure is. That's right. See, <laughs> so, we kept it. It's one of our favorites. Uh, so we're talking about the uncanny valley here instead of Christmas movies. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying to. Oh yeah, Until Dawn was another video game that I played. It's it was a while ago. It's a few years old, but they used actual actors not only as voice talent but as characters in mm. the video game, which the video game is basically like a horror film. 
I'll say this is linked to Christmas because it was snowing in the game. Because you got it for you got the game um, for Christmas. I got it for Christmas, and <laughs> it was during winter. Um, but they have like Rami Malek, who you know is a mm-hmm. big deal right now because mm-hmm. of the Queen movie. Um, he's in the in the video game as Rami Malek, and then oh. they have um, the actor Brett from Agents of Shield. Oh, um, he's he's the voice talent and the actual character in the film. And then they also have um, That's Hayden Brett Dalton, I believe. Brett Dalton, and then Hayden Pantiere. I don't know if I'm saying from, her name from right. From Heroes and Nashville. Yeah, and she. Um, I've worked so, with both of those actors yeah. actually. So they're in the game as themselves, like really? as actual characters. Huh. Maybe not as the actors or characters, but the actor playing the part and voicing it. It looks like them. That's so it's kind of funny to be in the position of like actually being Rami Malek in a video game is very strange. Hmm. I've got to get into gaming. <laughs> it's amazing. I think <laughs> everyone needs to get into gaming. I really, kind of, I actually was thinking about this a couple of nights ago. It's I really said, maybe off for cool. Christmas I'll get myself a game. PS4, yeah. do it. Get a PS4. We could do an episode about games for yeah, sure. I mean, more than more than an episode. But yeah. how, how do you like Red Dead? Uh, Red Dead, whatever it's called, Redemption <laughs> Two or whatever. Well, I know you're you're just beginning your journey. <laughs> I'm going to shy with okay. asteroids. We're keeping yeah. this in the realm because these are pre- good pre- Christmas present ideas. Yeah. Um, Red Dead Redemption Two. I, you know, it's very similar to um, uh, was it Vice City? Is that what it's called? What was that? Um, I'm not. I Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Wow, I knew the answer. Wow. Grand Theft Auto Vice. I think. <laughs> okay, I'm not even. I wouldn't did not play those games as much. Um, I don't really like the. Lots of traveling, running errands kind of games, which is what this is. Um, <laughs> running errands. That's basically what it is. That's... It's like, go pick up some stuff at the store. All right. <laughs> and then drive really far to get there. Um, Sounds and like the World meantime, of Warcraft, though. Well, but Warcraft, at least you got to find monsters along the way. This is more like <laughs> lots of travel. But Red Dead Redemption 2 is basically the same thing where you're riding a horse and traveling from town to town and you have to shave and take baths a lot. And, oh, that's um, oh, yeah. Otherwise, people yell at you. I think we talked about this. Um, but it's a little slow for me. I mean, oh. it's, it's got a kind of hypnotizing effect because you really feel like you're living in that world. That's what I cool. keep reading about it. Um, because it's very realistic. But I get kind of traumatized by the bonding with the horse. And then if the horse is getting sick or ill or you or it gets injured, it's That's, very... Uh, no, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have it just be, you know, impenetrable and healthy all the time. Um, but it's okay. But I, you know, ultimately I think you know, games like God of War are more my, my speed. Mm-hmm. I like the fantastical worlds. I like the... The fantasy weapons and the incredible, you know, creativity that goes into that. I'm not saying Red Dead isn't creative, but it's a little more about realism, right? It's just and a I different think you sacrifice game. a little bit of adrenaline and excitement for, you know. Does it, by any chance, if you play it around the holidays, do, do you see Christmas decorations like in World That's of a Warcraft? Good point. That's something I love about Warcraft is that they do bring in like the Christmas quests and the Christmas decorations. And there's Kitten. wreaths on doors. Yeah, it's like a Christmas, Christmas episode in a yeah. video game. That's they do. Crazy. So the world and right is around Christmas. that time of year. Yeah, you know, they did the, Halloween too. I'm going to age myself here, but there was a game called there was an old Mac game, and now I can't remember the name of it. But it was some something to do with a castle. Castlevania? Like, no, it was a, it was a it was a real eight bit <laughs> castle game, yeah. like a side scroller, but really oh. pixely. It was really old for the old kind of Macintosh. Yeah. But it had. I remember being so amazed that you play this game and yeah. you were basically jumping over things kind like, of like a Mario Mario kind mm-hmm. of thing, but Scrolling. really rudimentary. But I remember being so amazed mm-hmm. that around Christmas time there would be Christmas decorations in the game because <laughs> it had access to your calendar. You know, that's yeah. funny. And I remember telling people about it, and it was like 
you know, then it was gone, you know, it, after the holidays. Yeah. But you could, back then you could change your clock. And I remember going, oh, let me try this. And I changed my clock to be Christmas we're like and back? opened the game and the decorations were oh, back. So it was cool. totally based on your calendar. Oh, that's really funny. You cheated. Yeah. Well, it's same with like Pokemon Go. <laughs> During Christmas, you have Pikachu with a little Santa hat on. And it's the only time you can get him like that. Oh. So I like when games do that, but... Yes, Mark, get into gaming. Bert, it's just like a gaming. whole different yeah, world that like it just seems so enticing, but also so time-consuming. Yes. I, you That's as much time as you want. See, yeah. that's the thing. A lot of people think you have to put tons of time. It all depends on what you're looking for. Like Red Dead Redemption, it's not like you're gaining a whole lot by not playing a lot. Like right. Some games are more level and armor oriented like destiny which you got to put in time so you get better armor or better weapons this mm. isn't there's a little bit of that because you want better weapons by collecting and, and doing quests and making money but it's not it's as time intensive as you want it to be basically as okay. i'm gonna say you could allot yourself like a couple hours on the weekend and you'll be half fine just fine there's no rush i keep telling people there's no rush to finish video games just play an hour a day i mean it took me months to finish bloodborne i mean uh, months <laughs> So it's well, like, you know, this this one, uh, which is my other favorite. The only game. other game I it was twenty years ago. I played played a game called Marathon on my old. Oh game. yeah, uh, yeah, we love I that. Loved I loved that. that Marathon game. was so fun. I thought it was so Especially great. With a bunch I was, of other friends. Oh, yeah, I was so okay. addicted to it. I just played it so for a long. And I, like, I, 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 I want to get I, that feeling of getting back yeah. into that. It's so great, but I also realized that's a lot of time. But if you can just. You know, a lot of certain amount of time a day. I enjoyed my time with World of War- Warcraft. Yeah. That was fun. I, you know, you get to where you feel the presence of the the place. You know, yeah. yeah. And you go back to these little towns, and you're like, oh, I remember this town. You know, you have to go there for some reason. You're like, oh, I remember this place, and you 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 become familiar with mm-hmm. the layout of a, and you go, oh, I remember there's something around behind this building, and 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 one funny story. When I first started, Kathy got me into playing it, and I, when I first started playing it, I was at the very beginning, didn't really know what to do. I think my my only weapon was a broom. He was in a starter area. I was in a starter area. I was a I was an undead or something. Yeah, he was in a cemetery, a little t- tiny cemetery town. <laughs> and I had a broom, and I was being attacked. And Kathy was playing somewhere else. She's been playing for years or whatever, and she's like some you know high ranking wizard. Oh yeah. But I'm over here in this little town, and I'm like, I can't kill these zombies, and I need to get past this place, and they won't let me. And she's like, hang on, I'll be right there. I'll come and rescue you. <laughs> she's like, I have to jump on a Zeppelin or something. Yep. And so I'm I'm sort of cowering behind a shed or something with my broom. <laughs> and so cute. There's zombies Felix. around. And I was trapped, you know. And after a little while, she, I'm, you know, you can text each other in the game, and she's texting me. I'm almost there. I'm going to come over the hill in about three minutes. And so I, I kind of looked out from behind the house, you know, past all these zombies that were threatening me, and I see this glowing, giant, <laughs> winged Avenger. entity coming over the over the hill, riding this purple winged horse or something yeah. with. That's all these awesome. weapons, and that's, she comes in, swoops down, and just with flames coming, yeah, you know, with <laughs> flames and spells and all kinds of weird sh- shooting rainbows and stuff. And she comes in and just slaughters all these zombies, it's like one hit, bam. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. Now I can, <laughs> now I can go over there and finish my quest <laughs> with my broom. Yeah. I wish you could get more into Warcraft. That's me. If you guys would get into Warcraft, I would love it. I'm still doing Warcraft. I still love that game so much. I might go back in there because it, it was kind of fun, but I just I. Do you have a PS4? Do you have a... This, no, Warcraft's this is just, just on your computer. computer. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha, so if you gotcha. wanted to not and spend money on hardware, you could get Warcraft, which is amazing because 
that's a game that um, we've now become instead of a movie a podcast we're becoming well, a gaming this podcast. Is all, right. well, this is all. This Christmas is all about presents for Christmas. Yeah. Um, but uh, Warcraft's great because you can make it sort of any game you want it to be because it has like a, a fighting, questing kind of element. It has a crafting, building, you know, grinding for materials kind of uh, sort of aspect, and then it also has like a player versus player. Where you go in arenas or battlegrounds, like which I you, never did. You can decide how much adrenaline you really want. Like I'll go in sometimes, and be like, you know, I just feel like exploring, and maybe because yeah. I have a hunter character where you can tame pets, so I'll just go and I'll just want to go into new areas and find new animals to tame and have for myself. Um, so you can have kind of a relaxing exploring kind of time, or you can have a supercharged like ah, I want to kill it and be in a PvP. You know, so that's what I like about Warcraft. It's a I little bit, exploring. and it has a sense of humor. It's, it's some games are so serious, and uh, it's vast. It's huge. like such a huge world. It's gotten bigger and bigger because they keep releasing new wow. expansions. But I advise everyone to have a Warcraft character. <laughs> you just need to. <laughs> They're so fun. You should. Just... It's really fun, and I wish more people did. Like I play with my mom every weekend. We play Warcraft together. That's your Christmas wish. It is. It's so fun. It's fun bonding. And she's it's good. A, like, she has very high-level characters. Oh, no she kidding. is good. Oh, yeah. That's great. So that's great. it's fun to teach people. It's a well-done game, too. Really I remember the music was really nice. The music's and beautiful. Some places you go to and you hear the music, and it it sparks your, mm-hmm. like, almost like a nostalgia for yeah. this area of the game where you're like, oh, I remember when I was here. Yeah, because yeah. areas have, like, kind of their own themes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know we won't talk about how horrifically terrible the movie was. Oh yeah, that was that was. Uh, and I had a very low bar for that movie, and it was just just got it so wrong. On and it so was many directed levels. by a good guy. I know. You know? I'm that, was just that was directed by uh, Duncan Jones. Yes. Yeah, David and he Bowie's was a player. Son. Like he loved Warcraft, mm. but it was originally de- developed by Sam Raimi, who dropped out because mm. he was doing Spider Man or something. But he would have had a better sensibility because the the comedic element is missing from the Warcraft movie, and they got things wrong that didn't need to be wrong in it. Right? Like, yeah. As and I, you we know, kind of missed the point of what so much. makes the game so interesting. Well, they made it about the cutscenes and the mythology versus about the player experience, which is what everyone wants. So what right. they should have done is they sort of Lord of the Rings type setup where you have a group of characters like players, different factions, different you know races of you know characters. And they're all kind of learning and bumbling along and getting better and better and searching and doing a quest or something. Why they decide to just concentrate on the orc history of Warcraft, right. which is like the biggest, <laughs> boringest joke. Of a- Sorry, Warcraft, because I do love you so much. <laughs> Why they would concentrate on that, I have no idea. Hmm. I mean, it's just so don't let the movie ruin the game for you. <laughs> it's actually really good. And you mentioned Spider-Man. Sam yeah. Raimi's Spider-Man. Wasn't that a Christmas movie? <laughs> was it? Was it during Christmas? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to make all movies Christmas. Well, but, you should always see a Christmas movie yes. around Christmas. That's right. Or go to a Christmas movie. Yeah, First of all, watch a Christmas movie on Christmas Eve. Do a counter-programming, like a horror Christmas movie we talked mm-hmm, about. And then mm-hmm. on Christmas Day, play your video games. Jump or, onto Warcraft, Mark, Burke. Jump into Warcraft the, uh, and play Christmas stuff. <laughs> find the Unny Uffets episode of um, Dick Van Dyke. Or not. But yes, do that. <laughs> and watch the fourth Die Hard movie and turn it off after five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Give it the 10 minute, Kathy's 10 minute rule. Of- <laughs> 10 minutes. I dare you to watch Die Hard 4 for 10 minutes. <laughs> but well. it's fun. Yeah. Just definitely, you know, have some fun. Mix it up a little. You don't have to watch necessarily the. You know, usual Christmas movies. There's a lot of kind of fun, kind of off ones. I'm trying to remember if the new movie, um, is it Terrifier? Uh, the, the, is that a Christmas? No, it's with the clown, you mean? With yeah. That crazy clown? Was that during winter? 
Wait, Christmas? No, that came out of Halloween. Okay. Well, I know, or, but was it during Christmas? I don't oh, know. Oh, it takes place at Christmas? It's probably Christmas? Halloween. No, it's Halloween because he's yeah. dressed like a clown. They're like, yeah. whatever, it's Halloween. Yeah. Terrifier. <laughs> We don't have to review that because I saw a movie and traumatized me. Uh, <laughs> There's you, a scene in that oh, that should not that. be seen. Oh, yes. I see oh, everything. Okay. Well, maybe we should do a quick review of it later. It looked, but, it, it looked creepy. I mean, the guy looks kind of creepy. But, the guy yeah. is great. The clown guy is great. Yeah. But there's just there's just a scene in it that I think that's where people leave the movie. Oh, okay. So I think if you can get past that, it might be worth seeing. But it, it seems especially... I mean, it's hard to describe horror and say it just seemed especially mean or sadistic or unnecessary since all horror movies sort of have that element, but right. it just kind of went too far. It kind of went, eh, I don't need to see that. Well, you know, this is, a, 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 I won't, you don't have to get into this, but I left that, the, the uh, Maniac, the remake with Elijah oh, right. Wood after five minutes. Mm. That scene, the, the first killing. Yes, the first said, killing is the worst. I, I, I can't watch it. Yeah. 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 Well, I liked Maniac because it was such a weird experience, you know, experiment because mm-hmm. the entire thing is through his POV. You right. don't actually see Elijah Wood very often. Right. Because you're your camera POV that entire movie. Did you know that? Mm-mm. It's very strange. But um, yeah, the first murder, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know about this. But then if you get through that, I mean, it's still an ugly, unpleasant movie. Right. But it's pretty well, like, pretty well done the way they, okay. they do that. Maybe but I'll give it another shot. It's not a fun movie. I won't say that's fun. Though. Mm. Happy, ho- happy, <laughs> happy Halloween. Happy holidays. <laughs> Christmas. Happy <laughs> holidays. <laughs> Christmas, Halloween, whatever. New Year's. Well, there's well, some gift ideas, some yeah. movie yeah. ideas. We covered it all in this podcast. And we just, we just want to make sure that everyone has a good holiday movie to watch. And that's all we care about. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's so important. It is. Everybody needs a good movie for Christmas. Yeah, sit around the sit around the television. Yeah, put, you put a log on the fire and watch something about someone killing people on Halloween. Yeah. Halloween. Why do I keep saying Halloween? <laughs> and we didn't even mention the Joan Collins uh, episode of uh, Tales from the Crypt. Oh God, the, the best Amicus Entertainment uh, anthology film. That from, thing uh, is super creepy because it's so. So sh- short and sweet. 1972. Yeah, no waste of time. Those uh, there were two, a couple of those uh, Amicus movies mm-hmm. um, that were based on uh, the old EC comics, and they a lot of times had some Christmas type stories. Yes. You know, yeah. they, mm-hmm. that were usually pretty creepy. <laughs> Santa is evil. Yeah, especially when he's a serial killer. But that that's recommended. I love those Amicus movies. Maybe we'll do an episode. We were talking yeah. about doing a whole podcast about the Amicus uh, anthology horror films. I'm up for that. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. Yeah, we, should, be we should do that. Awesome. Right. And um, should that bring us to the to the close of our holiday Yeah, should we all sing episode? some sort of Christmas song? Absolutely not. <laughs> Deck the halls, people. <laughs> Deck the halls, people. <laughs> last, Deck them. Last Deck episode. them now, damn it. <laughs> Last episode, you made me sing this Speed Racer theme. <laughs> I'm still traumatized. We don't know when that episode was. <laughs> well, some episode. Some episode somewhere you're going to hear Burke sing. Ah. It's going to happen. Oh, happy All right. holidays, everybody. We're going hey. to leave. Happy holidays. <laughs> we're going to walk out. <laughs> we're out of here. <laughs> Have a nice Christmas, everybody. Happy and holidays and whatever, whatever celebrations don't get you killed. celebrate. Don't get killed. This is uh, <laughs> Cinemondo. Signing off.